Les's League. Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Welcome to the third episode of the reviews. We're doing the Sharks, the Broncos, and the South Sydney Rabbitohs in this one. It's going to be a big episode. Two really good teams, a team that really went well as well, uh, but obviously flunked out in the last few games. I think we all know who we're talking about there. But before we get started, I do apologize for being off yesterday. I was as hung as a sloth on a branch. I was not well at all. Big night the night before on your Friday night. Hung as a sloth on a branch. Didn't really feel like doing much. Had to have the day off. And I am all the better for it because we're posting plenty of content on your Super Sunday. But let's get started with the Cronulla Sharks. What a season. What a season they had. They definitely exceeded expectations. We did not expect them to go this well in their first season, especially after getting a new halfback, Chad Townsend. He obviously left and they brought in Nico Hines. We did not expect them to go this well this early. And Nico Hines, a really successful season in the halfback jersey. His first year as a halfback full-time People can't really grasp how significant that is because obviously he played halfback a little bit for the Melbourne Storm, also in reserve grade as well for the Falcons. But you can't forget the season before for the Melbourne Storm when he was playing fullback for Ryan Pappenhausen. He was playing on the wings as well in some games. He wasn't playing much in the halves and people don't really understand halves in reserve grade and then halves in first grade. It's two different beasts. Half in first grade, especially in a top eight side, you're getting so much pressure on you to perform well. If your team's not performing well, they blame it on the halfback. And obviously when they had that two-game losing streak uh, closer to the middle of the season, there was a lot of criticism Nico Hines' way. But other than that, the Sharks were really consistent and it was because of Nico Hines. Nico Hines definitely deserved that M player of the year. He was outstanding. The Sharks were outstanding. They over-delivered this season. They were fantastic. No one really expected them to be anywhere near the top four. I mean, some people did. Some people making really big calls. We didn't really expect, though, the Sharks to go down this trajectory and be this successful this early with a new halfback. It's very rare for sides that chop and change their halves to be this successful this early, and they stayed consistent for most of the season with Nico Hines and Matt Moylan, which, by the way, I didn't think was going to work because I thought that Nico Hines was just too off the cuff, which was what he was showing us at the Melbourne Storm, obviously playing fullback and playing in the halfback jersey are two different things, but Nico Hines he really changed his game up. We saw in that Indigenous game at the start of the year, he became much more conservative as a halfback. He did the low percentage plays at the right time. He did the high percentage plays at the right time as well. And you sort of got a hint that he was going to be something special going into this 2022 season. And he really proved it. As I said, he became much more conservative as a halfback, doing all the right things at the right times. He was fantastic there, Nico Hines, in the halfback jersey. And a big reason for the Cronulla Sharks success, especially in the clutch games. He was just so clutch for them. Whether it was field goals, conversions, or just the big plays, he was up for it, Nico Hines. And as I said, a big reason as to why they were so successful this season. So definitely over-delivered the Cronulla Sharks. They were eliminated in finals by the North Queensland Cowboys, who were just too strong on the night. But Nico Hines, he was just trying and trying and trying to get his side back into this game. Some choices from him that night, they weren't too good 
and the pressure did get to him. But I think that this will be a massive learning curve for him going into next season as well. Knowing when to make the right calls, handling the pressure. I think it's going to be a big thing for him going into next season. I thought that this season was his best season by far. New recruits like Dalfa Nukin, Cameron McInnes. Obviously, both of those guys were unlucky with injuries during the season. We didn't get to see many games of them both being in the side. I assume going into next season, Dalfa Nukin will make the switch into the front row and Cameron McInnes will lock down that 13 jersey. I just thought when Cameron McInnes was playing lock forward, he really opened up the attack for the Cronulla Sharks as well. Ball playing through the middle, very similar to Victor Radley in some aspects. It's going to be a very interesting season for the Cronulla Sharks. Next season, I could definitely see them going a little bit further in the final series. Don't know if they make a grand final, depending on how the draw goes. We don't even have a clue because it was still in the end of the 2022 season. Don't know what the end of the 2023 season is going to look like, obviously. But I can definitely see them maybe being a chance of getting into the big dance if they have a successful season and if Nico Hines can handle the pressure of finals football, which I think, as I said, after this season, he's going to be much better for it as well. A big learning curve for Nico Hines, that game against the North Queensland Cowboys. It's going to be very interesting next season, but Nico Hines, definitely the shining light. 21 try assists this season, 29 line break assists as well. What an absolute legend. What a season from Nico Hines. Definitely the shining light for them. I could sing his praises all day, uh, but that's really all we need to touch on there for the Cronulla Sharks. They had some off periods. They had a lot more on on periods. Nico Hines was the shining light. New recruits a success. The only criticism I have for the Cronulla Sharks is they need to have a little less injuries. They need to work with their players to ensure that that happens. Dalfa Nukin and Cam McInnes both getting injured during the season. If they can keep their injuries up to scratch, a solid defensive side as well. I feel like since Craig Fitzgibbon got there, and we'll touch on Craig Fitzgibbon now actually, uh, before I forget, I nearly forgot about talking about Craig Fitzgibbon, one of the Coaches in line for Coach of the Year. His first season with the Cronulla Sharks, a success for sure. For sure. Coming as an assistant coach into the coaching role, it doesn't usually go well for some coaches, and we've seen that this season with Trent Barrett. Uh, but he did a fantastic job, Craig Fitzgibbon. A fantastic job. Really got the defense of the Cronulla Sharks up to scratch. A much stronger side as well in attack. Craig Fitzgibbon, if he got to the grand final... I think he'd be a shout for Coach of the Year if they got a little bit further during the season. I think he would have been a shout for the Coach of the Year. Toddy Payton obviously got it for his work with the North Queensland Cowboys, and we'll get to the Cowboys in a few episodes down the track, but... Jesus Christ, Craig Fitzgibbon, second in line for me for Coach of the Year by far. He was fantastic this season. Getting the Cronulla Sharks to where they got, he was fantastic, Craig Fitzgibbon. So you definitely got to sing your praises to him, Cronulla Sharks fans. He was fantastic. But what a season for the Cronulla Sharks and off the back of Nico Hines and Craig Fitzgibbon. It was all the more successful. And as I said, I can definitely see them going a little bit further next season. But this isn't a preview of 2023. It's a review of 2022. So let's get into the next team, which is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. What a season for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I mean, you talk about them losing Wayne Bennett. Now, obviously, when Wayne Bennett exits a building, the club doesn't really tend to go well after that. It really doesn't. And Jason Demetrio, a massive pat on the back for him. He was fantastic. And not only did they lose Wayne Bennett, we thought that South Sydney, they were going to trumble this season, obviously, without Wayne Bennett. But Adam Reynolds also exited the building. Adam Reynolds, 
South Sydney through and through, exited the building, and Lockie Ilias is handed the keys. It was going to be a very, very hard season, and it was. At some stages, it really was. Lockie Ilias, though, I thought that he did quite well, especially for a rookie halfback, taking the keys from an Adam Reynolds who was extremely successful, especially in the goal-kicking department as well. They were lucky that Latrell Mitchell was around to take those keys and do the goal-kicking, but Lockie Ilias, a massive season for him. I thought he did a great job alongside Cody Walker. The club also lost Dane Gagai and Jaden Sewer. Jaden Sewer was massive for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, especially in his first season for them, making the Origin Arena as well, Jaden Sewer. And then Dane Gagai as well, who was a massive, massive part of their attack in the left center spot. But with all of those losses, we gave the keys to some rookies and we really defied the odds. We really defied the odds. And a mid-season form slump to come within one game of a grand final after defeating the Roosters and the Sharks in the finals. I mean, you can definitely say they over-delivered with the amount of losses that they had, particularly Adam Reynolds, Wayne Bennett, Dane Gagai. Three massive losses for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and they handled those really, really well. Tarnane Milne, when he came in, I thought that he was sensational for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Really aggressive player as well, and I had my doubts. I really did. I thought that he wasn't going to be the best winger, especially because he's not the fastest winger you've ever seen, but he's definitely one of the tougher ones as well. He reminds me a lot of Justin Olam. Just really rough and tough defender and a hard runner of the football as well, Tarnane Milne. So I thought that he did a great job when he was in the side. As we said before, Lockie Ilias, a massive season for him. And Jason Demetrio, a massive season for him as well as head coach of the side. I thought he did quite well. And again, another one of those guys that I think would be in contention for coach of the year as well. He's definitely in the number three spot. It was Todd Payton, Craig Fitzgibbon, and then obviously Jason Demetrio for me in the number three spot. He was fantastic. Some really massive coaching efforts this season. But there's one guy we haven't touched on yet. That's the from Mitchell. Obviously, he had the hamstring injury and he recovered from that, obviously, in America. But as soon as he came back, it was just carnage absolute carnage for everyone that came up against the South Sydney Rabbitohs because Latrell Mitchell pretty much, he almost carried the South Sydney Rabbitohs to the finals. His form was just absolutely phenomenal. He was unstoppable. We've seen him do things that we haven't seen many players do before and he was absolutely unstoppable, Latrell Mitchell. Absolutely unstoppable. I thought that Blake Tuff, though, when he did come in for Latrell Mitchell during the season, I thought that he was quite good as well. I thought that he brought a little bit of spark off the bench. I was pretty disappointed not to see him in the side more regularly. I thought that he had better impact, and this is my personal opinion. I think he had greater impact than Cody Nicarima did when he was the mid-season signing. Cody Nicarima, I thought he did a pretty decent job coming into the side, but I thought Blake Taffy was just adding a little bit more spark. A bit of criticism behind Blake Taff as well, obviously due to his size. Very different to Latrell Mitchell, very different, but I thought that he was great when he came into the side. But look, all in all, a great season for the South Sydney Rabbitohs with all the losses they had, and to get to a prelim final against the Penrith Panthers, I mean, it was a tough way to end the season. A tough way to end the season. A very impressive season from the South Sydney Rabbitohs, especially under the new coach in Jason Demetrio, who did a sensational job in replacing Wayne Bennett. And I think Wayne Bennett exiting the club, we can finally rest easy and say that it was the right call there because 
Yeah, as I said, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, a massive underdog, tough season for them. And to get where they did, to get where they did after finishing seventh, and then to get where they did, where you're nearly making a grand final for the second year in a row, really, really big season. Really big season for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Where did it all fall apart? It would be easy to say the prelim final loss to the Panthers is when it all fell apart for South. But in fact, they made it that far and it's a huge achievement considering where they came from. I think the worst part of the year for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, the rough patch for the South Sydney Rabbitohs was between rounds 7 and rounds 11. There was a tough loss against the West Tigers, the Wooden Spooners. It was followed by a win over Manly before another defeat to the hands of Brisbane, who at that point in the season, we thought were going to be in the top four, maybe even in the top two. They were playing so well with former halfback Adam Reynolds steering the side to a victory. Then the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they got absolutely annihilated by the Canberra Raiders after that as well. So those three losses in the four rounds would see them drop out of the eight for a short period of time there, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. It really put the top four finished chances on life support. It was really, really tough to get back to where they did. But as I said, Latrell Mitchell... His form in the last few rounds of the season was absolutely phenomenal. Also, they went down to the Dragons in round 15 as well. This was the week before Latrell Mitchell's return. It was another tough night for the Rabbitohs. At that stage of the year, Cody Walker was clearly struggling. Lachlan Ilias, he got hooked for Dean Hawkins, who was on the bench for that game. And I think that really came back to haunt the South Sydney Rabbitohs in their loss against the Penrith Panthers. It didn't really give them much confidence during that section of the season. What about the first week of the finals for the South Sydney Rabbitohs as well against the Sydney Roosters? Seven sin bins. Seven sin bins. It was a record for the most sin bins in a game, which was just ridiculous from the referee. Absolutely ridiculous. You also had a bunch of players leaving the field with head knocks and injuries. South Sydney, they toughed it out. Uh, advanced to the second week of finals where they would take on Cronulla. They beat Cronulla as well. Finals was a tough knock for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, a really tough knock, and to get to where they did, as I said, it was a really, really tough, tough series for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. With losing their head coach, we could say this again and again and again, to get to where they did was really impressive, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. We can say with a bit of ease that the shining light was Latrell Mitchell. Prior to his return in round 16, South Sydney was sitting outside the eight. They had been absolutely humbled by the likes of Brisbane, Canberra and St. George, as we said before. As soon as he came back, it was win after win after win. They won seven out of their last 10 games going into the final series during the regular season, including a 26 to nil shutout of the Parramatta Reels and a 10-point win over the Cowboys. Latrell Mitchell playing a crucial part in each of those games. The 25-year-old who played 17 games this season finished the year with seven tries, 17 try assists, 90 tackle breaks, and nine line breaks, proving himself to be the difference maker for the South Sydney Rabbitohs this season. A massive season for the South Sydney Rabbitohs to get to where they did. But let's move on to the Brisbane Broncos now. Definitely a lot to dissect here. Obviously, a big season for the Brisbane Broncos and quite a disappointing one, especially towards the back end of the season. Obviously, with a few crucial, crucial losses that saw them go from the top eight 
mate. The top four, I should say, all the way to out of the finals, all the way to ninth. I mean, other than the way they ended their season, it was a pretty strong season from the Brisbane Broncos, a side we thought was going to make the top four and really shot up, especially after being very close to the bottom of the ladder in the previous season to get to where they did this season before obviously dropping out. It was just a massive effort, a massive effort. And that's the only reason I say they over-delivered. But the back end of the season, obviously I disagree with that statement entirely, but when we're looking at the entire season, the entire season for the Brisbane Broncos, they went from the bottom of the ladder to get to ninth. So, I mean, they over-delivered in that aspect, but... We saw the potential of the Brisbane Broncos. We saw them get into the top four, and that's the only reason I'd say it was pretty disappointing from them because we saw the potential. We saw to where they got to with the likes of Adam Reynolds, and from them to drop out of the top eight, it was really unfortunate for them. Now, look, where did it fall apart? It was pretty obvious. The fact that they went from the top four to ninth after having a magnificent magnificent past few games, really towering up sides. Tessie New at fullback I thought was quite good. They've got Reese Walsh coming in next season, which I think will be even better. But Adam Reynolds coming to the side was a success. Uh, Kirk Capewell, to some aspects, was a success. Obviously, he dropped out of the side for a few games, came back in. But I thought that his first few games for the Brisbane Broncos, they were quite good, especially in round one when he got the winning field goal, which no one expected from him. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos. They got confidence from that. They went on some pretty decent runs. But the back end of the season, reports coming out about Payne Haas. He wasn't playing too well after that as well. Less confidence from the side. Things started to happen. A lot of media reports about Kevy Walters being under pressure, about this, about that. The Brisbane Broncos, it really derailed after that, really derailed. I think what hurt the Brisbane Broncos, particularly at the back end of the season, was the absence of Patrick Carrigan, obviously to injury. Uh, he was an integral part of their side. Just the leadership he showed, he was an integral part of this unit. And for him to be out of that side for as long as he was, it really did hurt them. So with the absence of Patrick Carrigan, the absence of Payne Haas and the media reports that came out about him and then obviously the absence of Selwyn Cobbo as well, an integral part of the unit as well, a prolific try scorer for the Brisbane Broncos he was out and they struggled without him as well, you could even say that just after Origin they did seem a little bit fatigued and then they obviously only won one of their last five matches to drop down to ninth and then obviously the thing about Tyson Gamble and Kevy Walters, Tyson Gamble saying that Adam Reynolds is the real uh, authority figure in the side and Kevy Walters isn't. I mean, it was pretty silly there from Tyson Gamble and not the right time either because they were struggling. I would also say that this led to Tyson Gamble leaving the club, going to the Newcastle Knights. Jake Turpin now, one of their depth hookers, is going to the Sydney Roosters. Obviously, as per report, a deal has been signed. But look, when we really knew it was over, was obviously the 60-12 to 12 smoking, handed down by the Melbourne Storm. Then they lost by half a century against the Parramatta Reels the following week and then in round 25 they were beaten by the Dragons despite them needing to win that game to play in the finals. They needed to win that game 
they lost. And that was really the nail in the coffin there for the Brisbane Broncos. So, look, tough way to end this season. But they had a really positive start to the season. As we said before, there is some good with the bad. The Broncos essentially looked like a team reborn at the start of the season. Round 7, their win over the Bulldogs was massive for them. It kick-started a brilliant seven-game run where they put teams such as South Sydney and Manly to the sword. Adam Reynolds, the young forward pack, including Patrick Carrigan, who, as we said before, had a really strong season for them, making his Origin debut as well, and his World Cup debut, obviously, for the Australian side. He was solid. Tommy Flegler, other than the suspensions, I thought that he was really solid. Uh, Kobe Hetherington in the 13 jersey, I think he's established himself as a first grader. He is fantastic, so dangerous. His offload, his running game as well, a former dummy half as well. He's used to playing in the number nine, a massive number nine. The ball playing skills through the middle, the offload, the running game. Sensational player there, the lock forward. I think he's definitely, as I said, earned himself a spot in this side. But the young forward pack, really exciting young players. Keenan Palacea as well. I thought that he put in some really good performances, especially with the absence of Payne Haas. He really stood up for the side. I think that the game after they lost Payne Haas, Palacea played the full 80 minutes in the front row. I think he ran for something like 200 metres. Really exciting young forward pack. Incredible performances from the young forward pack as well, directed by Adam Reynolds. They looked really, really impressive. Really impressive there, the Brisbane Broncos. Now, look, there are a few shining lights for me. Tamari Martin at fullback, while having some 50-50 games, he had some really good performances as well, especially coming out of retirement to what was a pretty hectic injury. The 26-year-old was fantastic. I thought that he had overall a pretty solid season at fullback. He's got a new contract now with the New Zealand Warriors, where I think he'll be playing in the number six or seven jersey with Sean Johnson. Tessie New for that little section at fullback, I thought was quite impressive. He, I would say, was a shining light. Adam Reynolds is the obvious one coming into this side. The veteran halfback really directing the side around the park. I thought that he was solid. There's a few shining lights here. I think it's a three-way tie between Adam Reynolds, between Tessie New, and Tamari Martin. I thought that all three of those guys played considerably well for their team, the Brisbane Broncos. Well,